Welcome to the Winners Find a Way show and podcast with your host, Trent M. Clark, three-time World Series coach, CEO of Leadershipity, serial entrepreneur, having started 12 companies, coach to the 1%, and an international speaker. This show is going to be your go-to podcast for facing adversity, being inspired, and overcoming obstacles, all from the best in the world, business, sports, and leadership. Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Hello, everybody. It's Trent Clark. Welcome to... Ask me anything with Coach Trent. Excited to be with you today. It is Friday, and we love Fridays, right? Ready to go, ready to head out, start a start a glorious weekend. We love our work, but we love our play too. So I'm excited. There's a lot going on in my community tonight. Big rivalry games tonight going on, and it's winter sports, so it's basketball, it's hockey, it's all sorts of good things going on. So super excited about uh, community, what's happening. Hopefully, a lot of things happening in your community as well. Uh, today, I got some great questions this week on how to, right? Just just some how to's like, hey, these are some of the challenges I'm having and this is what I want to do. So I'm going to start with the first one, which is uh, I had a question from a person saying, hey, how do I get a mentor? I've got my EO mentorship hat. I do a lot of facilitation for the entrepreneur organization in mentorship and I have an absolute passion for that. And why do I have a passion for it? Because People came along and helped me. You know, when I was coming up as a high school kid and trying to do something with my life, and I sought people that would help me get to where I wanted to go. And so the first thing I did with that was find people in my community that had done some things that I wanted to do. And and I had a, a very interesting story. I was about uh, 15 years old, and one of my first mentoring lessons was I had got an invitation to come to a showcase baseball camp. And, you know, my, my whole goal was, Hey, get to the major leagues, play in the major leagues. That was my whole goal. And so as I sat there thinking, okay, how do I do that? This invitation to the showcase become very important because the person who ran the showcase camp was a former major leaguer. And so by being named the most valuable player at his camp, I got a chance to sit down with him and I saw that on my invitation. So when I, I worked, you know, it was one of those things like, Hey, preparation meets opportunity, right? So I worked hard all the six weeks I had from the time I got the invite to the time I showed up at camp, got to the camp and um, had a great week, right? I was prepared. I mean, I was ready for it. I, I had a mission. I knew what I wanted to do. If I could get this role, then I would get the meeting that I had so uh, hoped to do and have. So fortunately, it was a great week for me. Things kind of aligned and fell into place. And I got to sit down with this former major leaguer and had the courage to ask, you know, uh, when, when he said, hey, you know, what do you want to do? Uh, I told him, you know, hey, I want to do what you did. I want to play in the major league someday. And he contemplated that and said, yeah, you know, I've seen you play this week and I think you can do that. And that was just such a relief to me. I mean, I remember feeling like my shoulders just dropping like two, three inches because it validated what I was going for, what I was trying to do. And I needed someone to say, hey, I think you have the potential that was in the know to do this. Now I'm 15 years old. I'm a long way from the major leagues. And I know that and he knows that too, but just as someone to validate that, Hey, this potential is in you and possible. I then 
you know, we, and he was quick to reiterate, there's a lot of work to go, you know, there's a lot of work to do. So that was really important to me, but I, I don't really know the reason, but, and maybe it was just, you know, I was a little overwhelmed probably by the first time ever actually being in the same room with a major league guy and having this desire, but for whatever, you know, dumb teenager had the courage, you know, I just said to him, you know, with all due respect, there's a lot of people telling me no. And he said, all right. And I said, you know, man, I get it a lot. And, you know, I'm not strong enough. I'm not big enough. I'm not tall enough. All these things, you know, and I'm just hearing, you know, I'm not enough. Right. And so that became, he quickly said, you know, Hey, let me just ask you a question, Trent. Like, did any of those people play in the major leagues? And I'm like, you know, no, my eighth grade math teacher did not. My mom has not. My JV baseball coach has not, (laughs) you know, like these are great people looking out for my best interest and absolutely care about me and my future. But their limited knowledge about what it might take to get there. And they know the outside, the percentages and the opportunity and chance to get there are, is not high. So that lesson, he's the next lesson he gave me was probably one of the biggest mentoring ones I got. He said, you know, be cautious of where you get your information from. I don't know why you'd be asking people about something you want to do that haven't done it or helped people do it in their lives and had success in that. And so that became an immediate battle cry for me to learn, wow, I, how do I do that well? How do I find people that have gone? So then when I started businesses and people that had had a ton of success, when I asked them for help and guidance, I was always amazed at how willing they were there to come and help. Now, in hindsight, it makes perfect sense. In hindsight, people that have had success have people that have helped them on their trail of success as well. And they're happy to give back because somebody gave to them and they're, they remember that blessing. They remember that guidance they received. They were thankful and grateful for it. And now this is their chance to pay it forward and return that to someone else. And I was, you know, a young person. And I think anyone who's an adult sees a young person that's committed to doing something more. They they're happy to be a part of that to someone being who is very committed. Now, this is what I caution you about mentorship. There are a lot of people that are, very successful that you want to model if they have gone and before you and done something that you want to do. And if you are interested, that may not be the best relationship. If you're interested and putting your toe in the water and you're talking about something, these people are not going to be your best advocates because these people are very committed to what they need and they know the commitment that it took to get to where they want to go. So if you are not committed, this relationship will crash and burn because they only want to be around other committed people. And if you are a committed person, now you've got their ear. Now you've got their attention. Show them the little things, even right from the beginning. Hey, you know, we got a commitment. If you can call me next Wednesday, I will get you on my schedule and get on that phone next Wednesday and call. I would definitely stretch to get a mentor. I would stretch and find five top names you could find and, you know, make a call, order them one to five and make a call right down the list to see if you can get in touch with them. First one says no, cross them off, go to the next. These are people that you've designated that you think can help you and you want to get in front of them and prove that you are committed to trying to do this. The other thing I love about mentorship, also about finding someone who's done it before. I like the old adage, you know, the movie of the edge with uh, Anthony Hopkins where he says, Hey, one man can do so can another. And that's so true. What one person has come and done before you, so can another. So we know it's doable. Um, That's been proven. I mean, the four-minute mile is a great example of that. No one could break the four-minute mile, but when Roger Bannister did it, then all of a sudden there's 
I don't know, I don't remember how many. It was like 20-some in the next year ran under a four-minute mile. So there was questions of whether it was humanly possible prior to that. I mean, we kind of, as, as athletes, we laugh about that today. But think about that. People actually questioned whether it was humanly possible to run a four-minute mile. But when we find out that what's possible from people that faced some hard things, faced the impossible and came out on the other side. And there's plenty of people that have done that. I always think you search them out, find them out and, and go in and talk to them. And what I have also found about people, they don't get a lot of requests for their knowledge. And one of the greatest things about great mentors is they have all this knowledge to share. They have all this experience and, and a lot of both good and bad. You know, people who make it to the top, they got to go through some serious trials to get there. So they're going to share both the good and the bad. And one of the things they're happy is I don't think any one percenter in this world wants to die with all their knowledge to themselves. They want to pass that along. That's why we see things like masterclass and we see all these things that people want to pass on that great information that has been learned over this lifetime. And it's, and it's still true why our grandparents provide this great value. They've got 60, 70, 80 years of experience on this earth and what they've learned and that valuable information to pass on. So critical. So when looking for a mentor, I always recommend uh, in review, you like, hey, find someone who's done something that you want to do. They have experience. They've had success. List, find more than one. Find a few people. If you know those people, the next thing is, is get a referral. Find someone who knows them. That's a great thing about LinkedIn. Put in their name. All of a sudden, like, hey, three people that you're connected to may know them. So maybe you could get an introduction. Cold calls harder, but sometimes well-advised. If you know, hey, where this person goes and they go to work and, hey, I know they're a member over this tennis club and going to play tennis, then be there after work one day or a couple of days until you see them come on after work and be there to ask the question. Meet them where they're at. This is where they go to recreate and this is where they go. And that's great. Like, find out. Find out a little bit of information. Do your due diligence. So highly recommend that. So I hope that helps you as you look for a mentor. You are looking for an accountability partner, a person who can guide you, a person with more experience than you'd have, a person that has come before you, went through the trials to help you see the trials and challenges you'll face on what you're trying to do and has had a lot of success. And they will be a huge asset to you. All right, next question. So I had this question about getting ahead on my team, in my organization. So it was kind of vague, but I like the question, which was how do I get ahead in my current role? Now I'm going to kind of verify this a little bit, but like I'm also going to take my own bend on this, which is uh, to get ahead. I'm, I'm assuming someone is looking to progress. They are looking toward the next opportunity. They are looking for, um, if they're not in the starting role today, they want to be a starter. Or if they're a starter on the varsity, they want to go to a college, you know, like how do we get ahead and shine? in our teams and our organization. So I'd like to tell people first that you can only be judged in the city, in the role that you are in. So you've been given a role inside of an organization and, and there's many, right? There are many roles inside of an organization. And now what do you do inside that role to contribute to the organization? Do you maximize every responsibility that's given to you in your role? That is the biggest question because if you maximize and go, not just, hey, I meet that responsibility, but I exceed all expectations. Let's say, and this is very simple. You signed on for a job or in an organization. Let's say you had a job 
uh, posting and you accepted this job to go to work for X amount of dollars for company X, Y, Z. And this is what the parameters are given the job description of what you will be responsible for. Hey, I've been trained by that. I've been trained at university. I know those things. I have some subject matter expertise around those things. I can manage those responsibilities. Great. You interview, you do all those things. At the end of the day, you're hired for that role. And now you have a very clear cut expectation of what they want from you. Go back to the job description. Look at the, if this company doesn't actually give you your roles and responsibilities. I see many that don't. I'm always amazed by it. Like, hey, I want to know how am I successful? So first of all, tell them how to be successful. These are the role. This is your role. These are the responsibilities you own inside the organization. And we don't just want you to meet those responsibilities. We want you exceed on those responsibilities, exceed the minimum on each one, because that's who we're considered. If I looked at a regional manager opportunity and all of a sudden someone comes in and goes, hey, do you think you could help us? determine who would be our next regional for this company, which happens actually somewhat often in our group. And so we say, sure, let's talk about what we have. Like, hey, here's our district. We'd like to hire geographically someone from the district. And here's our rankings of all the district managers from one to 12. This is their production over the last few years. This is a 12-month average. This is a six-month average. This is where their productivity ranks and how these people have managed the key responsibilities. And they may have those broken by responsibilities. They break them by all sorts of KPIs or performance indicators. And what are those performance indicators? Revenue, uh, efficiencies, lowering costs, you know, all the things. Uh, right now, a big one is attrition, a lower attrition number. We're not losing our people. We're able to maintain and train our people up and maintain those folks. That's a big KPI. So all those things are considered... And all of a sudden we start seeing a pattern of like, wow, in all these areas of responsibility, here's this one person who is always above the average. They may not be number one in all of the eight categories of responsibility for the district manager, but when we go across the eight, they are number one in five and they're number two and three in the other three. Like that's pretty consistent, right? Now, do you think that person's going to get a pretty good look? at being the regional manager, if all those numbers are in good condition, they're gauging those numbers as a measurement of productivity for that organization, then they're likely to be hired in for the next advancement because they've not only met their responsibility, but they've exceeded on those responsibilities. And so now we look at someone and say, I see this all the time where people say, wow, I, I'm, I really wanted that job and I really wish I could have been the regional manager. And I'm, I'm a little bummed that they didn't bring me in for an interview or as a finalist. Okay, good. Let's talk about that. Like, how do you rank in these eight responsibilities for all the district managers of the eight highest, most important contributions of the district manager? Well, you know, I'm five in one category and I'm six in three. And then I'm ninth in a couple, and then 11th and 12th in the others. <laughs> like, you know, like we got to get our numbers up. Like, what would that take? What would that look like? If you want this role, you got to go out and succeed. And so it's, it's usually pretty cut and dry as far as the visibility. If we have the visibility on that, that's going to be very important. But there's a lot of other factors in there as leadership and management of people and personality and what the role calls for. But if we've designated that role pretty clearly on contribution, that's going to be pretty easy.
So I would say if you are looking to get ahead on a team in an organization and you're looking for more opportunity, more trust, there's two big things that I think you have to show people, right? One is you have to exceed expectations. You have to exceed the general expectation of the role. And that means going above and beyond the expectation of what this role is, um, what the minimums are, all those things like blow it out of the water. And then the second is trust is built on dependability. And so we need those folks to trust us to get that next level, to get opportunity in that next level. When, when we have players, we want cards. I want aces, right? Coachability, adaptability, responsibility. And then they do that again and again, man, is those three proving dependability, total ace, right? And we, and there are go-tos in our organization. We go to those folks because we know this is who, when there's three minutes left in the game, we got to put this person in the game because all the coachability, they've always been listeners. They've always worked at their stuff. They've listened to the coaches. They've watched the film and they're very coachable. Adaptability. They prove that, hey, I know how to do different things. So if we have to change our game plan, I still have the skill sets to adapt into that. I'm willing to change to help us win and succeed and, and contribute in a different way. And it may not be the standard way. It may be something different. And I'm willing to do that. And then I know my responsibilities. And I'm a person that says, I will. I will do it. I will own that. I will get that hired. I will make sure that client has the information. I will is a big term for people that handle responsibility. I'm not sure, and I can't, is never gonna flow with responsibility. So if we do that again and again, dependability comes natural, so we have that. So expe uh, exceed expectations and be an ace, be a card. You know, Proving dependability is gonna be so important to getting ahead. Lastly, what happens if I'm being challenged? Before I do that, I, I wanna say one more thing. Before I go into the last question, you know, when we talk about getting ahead, there's some things that we can do that require no skill. I love this list. There's a list of 10 things that require no skill. One, being on time. doesn't require any skill. Like it's just preparation, right? There's a lot of confidence in prep and reps. We've talked about that before. Preparation and repetition. But being on time is being prepared. Two, work ethic. What's your industriousness like? Are you willing to work hard to make it better? Three, effort. Are you willing to give effort in all things? Are you intentional on where your efforts are focused on your responsibilities and making those efforts in your responsibility, making that effort each and every time your body language, how do you carry yourself? How do people consider your body language? Are, are you depressed? Are you down? Are you sad or are you upbeat? Are you smiling shoulders back confident? How does it look from a body language? And you get to control that and requires no skill energy. Are you ready? I mean, do you, have you prepared? Have you put good foods in your body? You're hydrated. Like you have energy. You, you have a desire to do what you're doing. Energy all comes off these things. And again, doesn't require any skill, requires some preparation. Attitude, you decide that. Good or bad, your decision. You get to control that. So what attitude do I bring? Requires no skill. Uh, passion, right? Just a absolute passion for what I'm doing, whether that's serving a client, whether that's making a widget, whether that's flying an, air, an aircraft, whatever it is, I have an absolute passion for doing this, a genuine interest in what I'm doing. Requires no skill. It's a genuine interest. Being coachable, coachability, that's just a decision you make for yourself. Am I willing 
to take advices from people that are willing to come along and help. Are you coachable? Are you willing to listen, uh, make some changes, adapt to that? Requires no skill. Just the willingness to be coachable requires no skill. Doing extra, no traffic jams along the extra mile. Roger Staubach, right? So if there's no traffic jams along the extra mile, like doing extra, don't just do the minimum. This is the standard responsibilities. Extraordinary means I'm willing to do extra just to go. It's ordinary. It's just a little bit extra, making it extraordinary. It just doesn't take it. No skill required. And then, of course, number 10, overarching theme, no skill to be prepared. Being prepared takes no skill, but takes intentional thought. Got to be ready for what's about to happen. And so planning and things that you can do on your own, no skill required, but is necessary. Okay, so the last question is, you know, I've been in a, uh, it was brought to me like, hey, I was really moving along really well and tracking on my goals, tracking on me getting ahead, where I want to go, all those things, right? And I think that's so important. And we stay focused. And if we want to go from here to here, right, um, and climb that line, that's very important. And so we we make a, a path and a plan on how we're going to get from our current reality to the future reality. And that's great. Okay. But that line is rarely a straight line, right? That line is very squiggly. I have a plan that's a straight line, but what I do typically is I typically drift off that line, not intentionally. So I I may go away from what I'm supposed to be doing, not reviewing my materials, not, you know, checking in, getting away from those things in my daily habits sometimes. So here's that drift that starts. And I'm reminded that if you take off in an aircraft and that pilot, sets the course one click, one degree off from LA to New York, that plane will have to land in Washington, DC. There's just a slight drift off that the entire planet, which puts you a number of miles away from your destination in that, what, four, four and a half hours. It doesn't take very long and you're pretty far off course. So how do I get back on track? That's the question. How do I, and I call it catch my drift, right? Here's my line and I start drifting. I need somebody to catch my drift. And so an accountability partner is a great way to catch my drift. Someone who knows what your line is, where you're going. We talked about mentor earlier. They're a great person to do that because you're going to do regular check-ins. You're going to see them often. So call that person. Call your mentor. Call a good friend who knows what you're going for. That's first. Two, pray, meditate, and praise someone. Those are three things that are very easy, like quiet time. Just quiet time for you and praising someone also. It's very difficult to be down or off your course if the focus isn't on you because we're upset with ourselves because it's self-focused, right? Oh, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, I'm on this drift. Oh, I'm not doing, I'm not happy with the direction I'm going. It's me, me, I, I. When we settle away from that, we get focused in on other things, right? All the things that we're grateful for, all the people that are there around us. So praising someone is huge. Read, watch something positive, like go get an inspirational movie. I love Rudy. There's all sorts of different movies out there that are just fabulous, that are inspirational. Uh, You know, I'm a sports person, right? Miracle, such an inspirational movie of the 1980 Olympic hockey team and so many things that uh, we could do. But reading something uplifting, watching something that's positive always is get you back on track, might give you some motivation. Write a list of the positive things 
from a negative event. We've had many negative events in our lives, things that didn't work out our way, didn't meet our expectation, were possibly hurtful. There's a lot of things that happen in this life. So if we look at the long game of things that have happened negatively, and maybe in recency, that's very hard. A negative thing that happened uh, yesterday or last week may be very hard. But if I look at a negative thing or something that happened a year ago, I can see a lot of positive things that came from that negative event, right? I mean, that's very important. Like for me, I give the example of in 2005, I was coaching with the Los Angeles Angels and we we were planning to go to another World Series. We'd won it in 02. We were a pretty good team and we lost in the American League Championship to the Chicago White Sox who went on to win that World Series that year. And I was somewhat stunned that they did not renew my contract. I'd been there seven seasons. Uh, we'd been very successful, uh, minus the first couple, um, had really built the program and felt like it was moving in the right direction. And so it was frustrating, but it is a business. That's how it happens. But uh, it was hurtful. I think it was hurt that they didn't renew. I felt like I had been a good contributor for the organization. But, you know, there was, it felt very negative at the time. I didn't end on my on my terms, which probably most people in pro athletics don't. But at the end of the day, I started a company. I ended up selling that company, uh, made a multiple where probably gave me some leverage to not have to work for a couple of years. So it freed my time to, to grow that business. And I spent more time with my kids. So there's just all these like positive things I could think of what changed in my life. I don't know if I would have started another company had I stayed in baseball because I just wouldn't have had the time. And so those are those are things that, you know, come positive. So going back and looking back at some of that is really important. Make a gratitude list. You know, start a gratitude journal. That's the next thing. Every morning, get up and write three things that you're just grateful for, right? And as simple as, I'm glad I woke up. That's a pretty good thing, right? So there you can start very easy and very simple and you'll get very good at gratitude. And you saw, you know, probably five, 10 things just yesterday that you're very thankful for. I mean, simply walking in my favorite sandwich shop and seeing the a nice smile and a familiar smile of people that know my order and they see me regularly. They seem happy that I come in. I mean, the gratitude of the people that they show me, that they know who I am, they know my order. I mean, I'm thankful for that. Like these, these little things in our lives that serve us all the time. And we're busy about woe is me, but it's hard to be down and off your track when you're pretty focused on the fact like, I'm a pretty blessed person. There's a lot of things going right. And there are things going wrong. You know, not everything's perfect, but there are a lot of things going right. So the next one is grab your favorite food. We like comfort foods. We do. I'm not saying a gallon of ice cream, but like reward yourself with a little of your favorite food. Go to your favorite restaurant. You know, think through like you can get back on track by getting familiar back or a place that you get uplifted. I have a place in Chicago called Gibson Steakhouse. And we go there for a lot of reward events. Like, oh, we had a really our best month or we did this. And like, oh, let's let's reward everybody with a with a Gibson's dinner. You're the employee of the month. We're going to have dinner at Gibson's or lunch at Gibson's, which is one of the great restaurants. And we know their ownership team and they're really good and they do such a fabulous job. So it's a cool deal. So, hey, maybe things aren't on track. Maybe you just need to go back to when things were on track and, and that's a place where we feel uplifted. We feel good. And that can get you going. Do something you enjoy. Something for you. 
Like, hey, I, I I love tennis, and I haven't played tennis for a while. Go out and play some tennis. Like, do something you enjoy. Help you get back on track. Create a top ten list of all time greats, the best ten moments of your life. That seems easy, but you gotta go back and think like, what are like just moments that were just emotionally just so positive in your life, uplifting. You know, for me, I talk about you know my audit of excellence, right? From the time I was 16 till the time I was 22, I played in three state championships, two national championships. You know, we were auditing excellent, but like there was a bunch of emotions around playing in these big, big games, and a lot were positive, a lot were negative. They were all oh, they were sadness, they were hurt, we didn't win, I should have done better, all these things. But looking back, I mean, some of the all-time great moments, you know, your children being born. I mean, there's so many things getting married. I mean, all these things that you have, if you create a list of your top 10 greats, I mean, make them put them in your wallet, put them in your pocket. Things aren't going great. Like, let me just take a minute, grab a coffee, sit down and look at my all 10, 10 grades because I need to create some more all top 10s. I want to create some new top 10s. And that's awesome. Maybe you'll do that. But like those times, remember, like these are good times that you want to go back to. Last two, help somebody else. Help another person. Like if I am off my game, I tend to self-reflect, self-indulge, get into me, woe is me. And that's not serving anybody. That's not helping me. It's not helping. And negative self-talk starts. It is very hard to give yourself negative self-talk or be woeful on your own to yourself when you're off helping another person. Because we feel good about ourselves when we help somebody else. I want to serve somebody else. Give somebody else something that they can help. And whether that's a physical help, like shovel their driveway, whether that's mow their lawn, whether that's go get their groceries, whether that's help them get their car fixed. I mean, any of those things you could do to help somebody. Sometimes it's monetary. Sometimes it's physical help. Sometimes it's maybe it's just a call and seeing what you can do to help out. And think about your community. You have people in your church and organizations that you're involved with, elderly. I mean, simple things, single mothers. I mean, there are people in, in your world all around that could always use a helping hand. And so help somebody. And then lastly, of course, is smile. It's very difficult. Like, oh, I feel so bad. Oh, I'm just smiling, smiling, smiling. And I just feel awful. Like we don't, because if you're smiling, you don't feel awful. You know, we put a smile on our face. And even if I feel bad, if I put a smile on my face and go out in front of people in 30 minutes, I can't remember what I felt bad about. I mean, it's hard to do. So put a smile on your face and, and give them freely, right? It's the best free thing you'll give in your life. Give smiles to everyone you know. And this mask stuff, that's been hard, right? Because we don't see everybody smile. Everybody goes, oh yeah, I can see the smile in your eyes. And we can tell that sometimes, right? But we want to see those things in the other people. So give them out and get back on track. Uh, so that's how, you know, you catch your drift. You know, like if you are, uh, if I'm off base, please give it back to me. Catch my drift. Be a good friend and help out. Like uh, help someone who's maybe a little bit off. Catch my drift. It's a you, you'll be a uh, great friend, a friend of love, if you can help somebody out, see they're off track, be truth, catch your drift. Like, hey, want to get back to where you want to go. I know where you want to go. Be that mentor. Be that friend to somebody, too. And so always uh, great talking about Ask Me Anything. So thanks for some great questions this week. If you have a question that you'd like to ask, you can submit it to Trent at leadershipity.com and put in the subject line AMA and then you can ask your question in the body. We take three every week. So hopefully your question will be featured in the future. So thanks for joining today. Ask me anything, Coach Trent. Have a great 
weekend. Need to hydrate but tired of plain old water? You need Rebellious Infusions. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. 10 organic flavors and convenient liquid packets. Just add 16 ounces and you are on your way. Rethink your drink at drinkrebellious.com. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Thank you for listening to the Winners Find a Way show and podcast. Trent, together with the leaders who shared their learning and experiences through this show, are grateful for allowing them to help and support you on your journey to becoming your best. Write a review, rate us five stars, and share this episode to your network.